to the Fun Sized Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Safeli. This podcast is your favorite place to learn about all things that revolve around health and wellness for females under 5'3". By listening to the Fun Sized Podcast, you'll get practical and actionable strategies for weight loss, muscle building, eating, exercising, strengthening relationships, overall health, and so much more. I know that petite women like you don't just want to curate a rockin' little body of your dreams. You want to know how to eat right, work out smart, feel energized, have fun, boost your confidence, and how to move through life while continuing to maintain a lean physique, especially when things get messy. This podcast will always give you a dose of realness, practicality, and empowerment you truly need to develop the highest version of you and be proud to be petite. So subscribe now if you're ready for solo episodes from me and interviews from the best little guests around to support you on your mission to become fun-sized. Welcome back to another episode. I hope you are enjoying this holiday season to the fullest. On today's show, I am joined by registered dietitian Lindsay, who successfully conceived a child after not having a period for over a decade. And now she helps other women achieve food freedom to regain their period and become fertile so that they can have little babies too. I have been following Lindsay for nearly a year and I love her content and I feel like all of a sudden I just kept seeing more and more and more of her and I was like, okay, this must be a sign that I need to get her on the podcast and interview her. So without any further ado, Lindsay, let's start by telling the audience a little bit more about who you are as a person, how old you are, where you live and all that jazz. Kirsten, thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm Lindsay Lesson. You can find me on Instagram at food.freedom.fertility. Um, I'm located in Texas. I'm 34 years old and I specialize in helping women overcome um, restrictive eating so they can recover their period and get pregnant. Awesome. How long have you been doing that? Okay, so I've been a registered dietitian for 10 years. Uh, my background is kind of all over the place in pediatrics, um, but mainly in wellness and then also sports nutrition. And then I transitioned more to um, HA and the fertility niche at the beginning of 2020. Awesome. So what made you make that switch? So I have a personal history uh, with hypothalamic amenorrhea and missing my period for a long, long time. Um, and when I started thinking about um, launching my own business, I really wanted to do something kind of near and dear to my heart and things just kind of fell into place. Cool. So when did you lose your period? Um, so it does kind of way, way back. So I lost it when I was 17 years old. I was always active growing up. And then as I got like more and more into high school, my friends weren't playing the sports that I was playing and I kind of just stopped being active. So I decided to kind of go on a health kick and I started doing uh, Weight Watchers because a lot of my friends were and I fell in love with working out. So I'm following this like ridiculously low calorie diet unknowingly at the time and working out five days per week. And I lost about 10, 15 pounds in three months. And I also lost my period. Um, and I talked to my doctor about it. She said, it's normal. We'll put you on the pill. So 
I was like kind of on birth control for like the next decade thinking everything was okay. And it really wasn't until my husband and I started talking about wanting to have a baby that I was like, well, this is a really big problem. Yeah, I can so relate to that. Um, so you lost it at 17. How long did you have it before that practitioner was like, steering me in the direction of PCOS. She's like, well, do you have this? Do you have that? Well, it must be the PCOS. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's not. Like, I just, I feel like I know my body and I know it's not that. It's something else. And so I didn't find my answers through how, like, how are your periods before 17 years old? Before I, before I lost it. Um, yeah. Really normal. Um, I think I got my period when I was 13 um, and never really had like, even with being active and everything, I never had any issues with um, irregular cycles or my cycle going missing or anything until I went on my quote unquote health kick um, and I started dieting. Yeah. So then you went on birth control after you discussed with your doctor that, you know, things weren't right. Yeah. So birth control was kind of my doctor's solution to my period missing. Oh, it's so normal. A lot of people don't get their period. Go on birth control to regulate your cycle. Yeah. So for me, I got my period around 13 as well. My periods were pretty regular for the most part, um, but I just had like raging hormones. Like my mom thought I was psychotic. (laughs) I was insane. Um, But I would just get like really super depressed and just so emotional. So my mom was like, all right, like you're 15 or no, it wasn't 15. It might've been 16 that she was like, yeah, you know, like maybe we should put you on birth control. And I mean, I was totally like, yeah, this is probably a good idea. So, um, I was on birth control for 10 years and within that 10 years, I lost my period on birth control. Yeah. 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 And um, so did you, you weren't getting your period at all on birth control? No, so I, it, but you didn't realize it. I got my period on the birth control all the way up till I started training for bikini competitions and I lost it then. And it came back randomly because I was on the pill, right? Um, it, I had like one bleed in a year and then mm-hmm. it just was gone. And then, um, I just assumed, well, I, I kind of knew that, you know, I was super lean, but then the other thing was like, I kind of just assumed that when I came off birth control, that it was like the, what, what do they call it? The post pill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I yeah. thought. I was like, that's what it is. That's what it is. It'll come back. It'll come back. And it never really did. <laughs> yeah. And that's so funny because I work with a lot of clients that are told by their doctors that that's what's going on too. And technically, if you've gone longer than three months without a period after coming off the pill, that's not post-pill amenorrhea. That's that's regular amenorrhea. And hypothalamic amenorrhea is one of the most common causes for not getting your period. Yeah. So you lost your period. How long was it just gone for? So without birth, like if we, if we count, if we don't count birth control periods, it was about 13 years that I went without having a natural period. Wow. Yeah. And what were your thoughts during that time? Like, were you kind of avoiding it or was it kind of like, well, I don't have to deal with the monthly mess. So this is great. (laughs) Yeah. Probably a little bit more of the latter. Um, You know, you don't miss not getting your period, but 
I was concerned. And there was a period of time um, after I had been dating my uh, now husband um, that I was kind of like, this is weird. Like, this is not right. Like, there's got to be something like what's up with my body. So I did try to seek out some answers. At one point, I saw a reproductive endocrinologist. I had a lot of tests run. It was really expensive. And his conclusion was basically like, you're perfectly healthy. You just don't get a period. So just don't really worry about it until you're ready to have kids. (laughs) Did anyone ever tell you like, oh, it might be PCOS? I was never, no, actually I was never given that direction. I had a couple of friends like suggest that, but every time I brought it up to the doctors that I would see, they were like, no, nothing about your labs or your lifestyle indicates PCOS. Although we do hear that a lot from clients. Yeah. So when I was like, all right, I'm, I got to get to the bottom of this. Like I have to figure out what's going on. This is before I knew about HA. I had gone to my doctor and I was like, listen, like, I know you say it's normal. I've heard it a thousand times, but I don't think this is normal. Like I'm a 28 year old healthy female. I should not, I should be having a period. And she was like, well, we can test your hormones. Uh, You can get um, an ultrasound and all that. So she sends me to an ultrasound and I just felt like the nurse, the doctors, I actually found HA. Um, I found it through listening to a podcast and that's why that's I like, I always love like talking about this on podcasts because I hope that there's someone out there that's like, oh my God, this is my problem. Like, this is what I need to do. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's so great that you were in tune with your body enough to say, no, like, no, this doesn't make sense for me. And I think that if anybody has that gut feeling, you really need to go with it and do kind of your own research and get to the bottom of why your period is missing. Because the fact of the matter is, if you're a healthy woman, you should be getting a healthy period every month. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So when or how did you figure out that you had HA? So um, I pretty much, caught, like I had an idea of what might be going on. Um, just with my background in um, sports dietetics, I learned about the female athlete triad. And I'm like, well, that's kind of me, but like, I'm not an athlete. Like, (laughs) I work out, you know, recreationally, but um, I feel like this is what I have, but there was never any answers on like how to correct it um, until I found the book by Dr. Rinaldi, No Period, Now What? So I was like, looking for jobs on LinkedIn or something. And this came across a sports dietitian um, like message board. And it was like, hey, if you have athletes who are missing their period, this book is an excellent resource. And the book obviously is titled No Period, Now What? And I was like, what? I was like, I need this. (laughs) So I ordered it on Amazon. I read probably five chapters and I was like, oh my God, this is what I have. And then I was like, oh my God, this is what I have. This is what I have to do to correct it. Like, this is my whole life. so that's how I learned about, you know, what it was and kind of the process of how to correct it. I did the same thing. When I got that book, I was just like, oh my God, this is it. <laughs> like, this is me in a nutshell. It was scary though. Cause I'm like, how is yeah. this me? But <laughs> like, this is me. Yeah. So with that, like, what were your feelings when you figured out like, this is what you need to do to regain your cycle? Yeah. I was really scared. I was like, this makes sense, but this is like my whole life. Like you're asking me to give up working out. You're asking me to eat more food. And I don't know about you, but I was in denial a lot, like, especially around like some of the food stuff, like logically I knew I wasn't eating enough calories for the amount of exercise I was doing, but 
I was like, I don't have a disordered relationship with food. Like that, I'm over that. That was the biggest thing to me. Cause I was like, I don't have a disorder. I don't have like a bad relationship with food. So how is this my problem? You know, like it was kind of, it hurt to read that. Cause I'm like, no, not everyone falls into this category. So I think that was the hardest part for me to just handle. Yeah. And I think it's honestly something that, um, is really hard for a lot of people to come to terms with, um, because, you know, you get so stuck in your ways with what you're doing. And in a lot of ways it's quote unquote working for you and your body. Mm -hmm. Um, but, or so you think, think. (laughs) exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I think that the more you start getting into recovery from HA, the more that you realize like, oh, I really, I really do. Or I did have a problem. (laughs) Yeah. So what did recovery look like for you? Um, well, so we were trying to conceive, but obviously you can't really do that without a period. So after I learned all of the information, I kind of like put it in the back of my mind for a while and put it off, um, and talked to some people that I got some support from my husband, a couple of close girlfriends, um, in a church group. And I was like, okay, I'm going to set a deadline and I'm going to go all in on this date. And my husband and I were planning a trip to Europe and I wanted to eat like a ton of delicious Italian food. So I was like, this is, this is when we're going to do it. And I was, we were going to be gone for over two weeks. I was like, I don't want to spend my time trying to find a gym and getting in a workout. Like I just want to like enjoy a real vacation. So that kind of kicked off my all in journey. And I'm kind of one of those, you know, magical unicorns that got a period back really, really quickly. So that was super encouraging. And um, I actually came home after our two week trip um, to my period, which was really, really cool to see, you know, my body respond really quickly. And then I would say the mental recovery probably took me a whole nother year um, from all of that. But um, yeah, I mean, it really just looked like at least those two weeks for sure. It was really just eating whatever the heck I wanted, not doing any scheduled exercise, although we were doing some walking, um, like sightseeing and stuff like that. And then once I had my period back, I would say that I really focused on trying to break some of my restrictions with food and kind of eating more like my husband, like you know, if he wanted to have pizza, I would be like, okay, I'm going to have pizza. And I wouldn't be like, just one slice. I would let myself have two or three or four or whatever my body wanted. So I would say it was just kind of getting like reacquainted with what I really wanted to eat and continuing to limit exercise. Yeah. So on that two week trip, do you think it was because you were out of the country away from any stress that was happening, eating foods that your body was not used to? Yeah, I definitely think it was a combination of a couple of things. I think that I was on vacation, so stress levels were really low. I wasn't, I went from running 20 miles a week to not running at all. So there was like a drastic, yeah, so it was like a drastic reduction in exercise. And then, you know, I went from eating like 1,400 to 1,700 calories per day to eating, you know, I don't know, 3,000, 4,000 between, you know, delicious food and wine and everything. So I think that it was just such a drastic change. And then I also think that some people's bodies just are a little bit more sensitive, you know, like both ways, like it's really easy for people to lose their periods. And for some people it's in some ways easy, like 
given yeah. the right circumstances to get your period back. Absolutely. So after you got your period back, did you continue to stay in that all in process for the three months? It was hard, but I would say, yeah, I mostly did. Um, I think that when I got home, I kind of reverted back to calorie counting a little bit because I was like, okay, I have my period back. Like I don't need to, you know, gain a ton of weight. Um, but the more that I got into recovery, the more that I was like, you know what, like, why am I holding myself back? My goal is to get pregnant. My goal is to heal my metabolism. My goal is to, you know, correct any sort of disordered relationship with food. Like I need to just go for it. So by the time that I think that I was fully, I had fully let go of all the calorie counting. I think that this is also kind of like ironic as we went through a couple of cycles and I didn't get pregnant. And, um, it was actually around this time of year. And I was like, okay, I'm counting calories. I'm still gaining weight. I'm not getting pregnant. I was like, I just need to let it all go and just go for it. And so the month that I stopped counting calories was the month I actually got pregnant on. That's and I awesome. really think, yeah, I really think just taking that stress away was really, really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's just incredible. Um, so if you don't mind me asking, how much weight did you end up gaining? I think I gained about 15 pounds before we got pregnant. Yeah. You are a magical unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So my experience, I, I would also say a little bit of a magical unicorn. Like I thought I was until I heard your story. <laughs> but, um, I got my period within a month of going yeah, that's, all that's in. That's really quick. Um, and I would say like, I probably wasn't even all in cause I, I went to the gym a few times. I didn't do anything crazy, but just like I went to go see my friends cause I was like, oh, I'm so lonely at home. Um, but I, I got it back within a month, but I had gained 15 pounds in that month. Okay. And then I continued the all in process and I gained 15 more pounds in those three months. And it was mentally really tough to, to gain that much in such a short amount of time. And I feel like it's taking me a full year to come around and like mentally be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's such a really good point that like, we don't get to choose the amount of weight that our body gains. Like I have worked with clients and I know women personally that have gone through like a similar journey and they'll gain the weight and then they'll naturally lose it all. And they'll like settle back, you know, into their kind of normal weight. My body has settled at a weight higher, kind of, kind of close to and a little above, you know, the weight that I got pregnant at. And, you know, we don't get to choose yeah. <laughs> where our bodies are happy hormonally. Um, and rapid weight gain is really common with recovery because you know, your metabolism isn't used to eating the amount of food that it needs. So. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you ever work with clients who are shorter in height and do you do anything different for them? Cause I know the no, no period now what book says, you know, we can get away with like 2,200 calories instead yeah. of 2,500 calories. And I just want to know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I think this is such a good question. I get asked this a lot from really? some of my followers that are shorter too. Yeah. And honestly, part of my method is not counting calories. So I really encourage my clients to address the rules and restriction around food and to 
make sure they're eating enough. So, you know, working close to that 2,500 minimum. Um, and I don't make adjustments for height because honestly, if you look at the research, um, the difference for somebody who's, you know, five, three versus five, five, like is like 50 calories. So like, I'm not going to tell someone to not, you know, use an extra tablespoon of ketchup with their French fries because they're shorter. It just feels like it's splitting hairs in my opinion. And I don't think that calories per se are the focus. Let's also recognize that there's women who are barely five foot and just have fast metabolisms and they really do need that 2,500 or more. Mm -hmm. There are women who are a little bit taller and maybe have slower metabolisms and 2,500 is perfect for them. So because I don't focus so, so much on calories, I don't necessarily recommend less calories for women who are shorter. Although we both know as dietitians, height is one, just one, but it is one factor that's typically considered when you're, when you're um, thinking about energy requirements. Absolutely. Yeah. That's such a good point for me. I felt like I was like, okay, like I can do 2,200 calories. That's, that's easier than 25, but then I couldn't like, I, I felt like as soon as I gave myself permission to eat, like the floodgates just opened and I was so hungry and I just mm-hmm. like, I ended up eating well over 3000 calories a day in recovery. Cause my body was just like, no more food, more food. And I'm like, all right, I'm listening. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I think that that's a really good point too, is like, typically when I hear someone who's shorter argue, Oh, well, I'm short. I don't need that many calories. It's kind of like an excuse to not really allow yourself to eat what your body needs. Um, and so that's another reason why I didn't say, you know, I don't know, we'll, we'll figure it out, right? Like your body will find the right amount of calories it needs to recover. And just like you did, if you really just allow yourself to eat, you will recover. It's not necessarily about hitting 22 or 2,500 perfectly every single day. Absolutely. Yeah. So you said that part of your program is not counting calories. How do you help other women fix their relationship with food and regain their cycle and become fertile? Yeah, so I encourage people to really kind of take a deep dive into what their food rules are. So I encourage people to really think about like the first time that they dieted, you know, was it keto? Was it calorie counting? Was it macro counting? Um, And typically, if you can think back to like the first time that you ever started a diet, you can kind of identify like, where you picked up some food rules, right? Like sometimes people are saying, oh, well, I shouldn't eat after 7 p.m. or I can't have an X number of carbs per day. Okay, well, where did that come from? So I really encourage people to like think back as to where like, where did they pick up these rules? And then let's rationalize together how these rules are counterproductive for you getting your period back. So we really work on breaking food rules And I find that as women are really able to let go of all of the rules and restriction around food, it actually becomes really easy to eat enough. Just like you talked about, when you finally allowed yourself to eat what you wanted, the floodgates were open and you were able to really start eating what your body needed. Yeah, totally. So um, how long is your program? Um, So right now I offer six week group coaching and then there is the option to continue as it typically takes most women longer than six weeks to recover their period. And is your recovery process different than what 
no period now what says, or is it kind of in line? Is there anything that's Yeah, different? it's definitely in line. I would say my program takes step things a step further. So I would say no period now what gives you the information of like how to in my program gives you the tools, accountability and support that you need to actually put it into practice. Um, it's one thing to have the information. It's another thing to have the support as you're going through a really challenging process to undo all of your dieting rules and to really learn to be accepting of weight gain. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one thing that really kind of helped me push forward and go into the all in process was because I had that knowledge of knowing that I needed to keep going kind of thing. Whereas if I didn't have the knowledge about food that I have, I think that it would have been very easy to kind of back out. Um, so I get that the, the accountability piece is just, is everything. Yeah. And I think too, like having some community too, because mm -hmm. it's so countercultural to so allow lonely. yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's so countercultural to allow yourself to eat quote unquote bad foods and to allow yourself to gain weight for the sake of health. Like most people would say that's so backwards. Um, and so it can be really helpful to be working alongside other women who are going through the same process to help you like just Absolutely. not feel alone. Yeah, that's, that's huge. So what are like three things that you would tell someone who's listening to this, who thinks that they might have HA and how they can overcome this speed bump in their life? Yeah. So I would definitely encourage you to feel confident about your diagnosis, whether it's a self-diagnosis or it's something that you work with an educated practitioner on. Um, and you can do that by having lab work done and reading about kind of lifestyle factors that contribute to HA. And then also reading about like signs and symptoms of HA, like feeling cold all the time, um, not having sex drive, your hair really isn't shiny or it might be falling out. I feel like I should like put that. fingers up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all of these red flags, right? I think that you can read about those things and kind of sort of come to a self-diagnosis. I know that's how I kind of came to the conclusion. Me too. Um, but get some direction there. And then my next recommendation would be to find some accountability, whether that be through like working with a coach um, or talking to some friends and concerned family members about it, like really letting people in on, you know, what's going on with you so that you have some sort of support with really making changes. And then my last piece of advice would be to really reflect on your why and to spend some time journaling, writing down like why you want to recover your period. And if you're wanting to recover your period to get pregnant, I totally get it, that was my motivator. But I think that you have to take it a level deeper and really think about why you wanna recover your period beyond just the fertility piece. Um, and thinking about, you know, what you can really gain just in terms of um, the ability to go out to eat without feeling like you need to count macros or um, the ability to allow someone else to cook for you without feeling anxious or cooking Christmas cookies with your kids one day. I think that having motivators, um, the more motivators you have and the deeper you go about why it's important for you to recover your period, the more successful that you're gonna be long-term. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any resources that you can send people to grab or anything like that? 
I don't have any freebies. I always recommend um, the book, No Period, Now What? Or if you don't want to purchase the book, she, uh, Dr. Rinaldi has a really great blog um, and that's free. So you can always do that. Cool. Awesome. Um, is there anything else you want to kind of add to your story or tell to the world? I would just say that, um, you know, if you know that this is you, feel free to reach out to me or to Kirsten or anyone else who struggled with this. And I just want you to know you're not alone. It can feel really strange to be struggling with this issue. Um, periods are kind of taboo and people don't really talk about them. But um, yeah, I would just say reach out, say hi. And I want you to know you're not alone and that it doesn't have to it's not normal to not have a period and we're going to get to the bottom of why yours is missing. And just remind us real quick where people can find you. Are you on Instagram or email? Yeah. Website, so whatever you got. Yeah. Best, me best method of contact for me is uh, Instagram and that's just food.freedom.fertility. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm just so happy that our schedules lined up and we could do this. Me too. I'm so glad that we were able to connect online and so fun to get to connect and record this with you. I appreciate you having me. Thank you all for listening. As I briefly touched on this, in this episode, I personally discovered HA or hypothalamic amenorrhea by listening to a podcast. And I just hope that if you feel like this might be you as well, then I really encourage you to get the book No Period, Now What by Nicola Rinaldi. I got mine on Amazon. Um, and follow other women who have recovered like Lindsay and like myself. And also be sure to check out episode 12 of the Fun Size podcast, this podcast, where I shared my entire experience from start to finish. So if you feel like you could relate to anything that we discussed in this episode, just know that you are not alone and there are many resources and people out there available to you to help.